<laughs> All right, let's talk a little Arizona football. Joining us now, he covers the Wildcats for the Arizona Daily Star. He is Michael Lev with us on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hi, Michael. How are you? Pretty good, guys. How are you? Hey, we are doing terrific. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about Arizona going into year two under Kevin Sumlin. Yeah, I think that um, you know expectations were super high heading into year one. Um, everyone was excited about the marriage of Kevin Sumlin and Khalil Tate based on what Khalil had done in 2017 and what Kevin Sumlin had done in the past with quarterbacks such as Case Keenum and Johnny Manziel. Everyone thought it would just all kind of come together instantly and that you know Arizona would be a contender for the Pac-12 South title. Um, none of that really came to fruition to the extent that people were hoping. Um, and there were a lot of factors behind that. I mean, one of them was, you know, Khalil Tate not being 100% for a good chunk of the season. Um, an adjustment period that was maybe a little bit longer and more difficult than people expected for Tate to a new offensive system um, and adjustments that had to be made, you know, from the coaching staff to cater to Tate's skill set. And, you know, the result overall was, you know, a disappointing five and seven season that very easily could have been a little bit better than that. You know, there was a one-point loss at UCLA in a game in which Khalil didn't play and a bunch of guys were out and injured, a game they easily could have won. And then the last game of the season against ASU, which they really should have won. I mean, they were up 40 to 21 entering the fourth quarter and frittered that lead away. So, you know, given what happened last year, it seems like expectations are lower now. But I wouldn't say that they're low. Um, I would say that they're at least medium. And I think there's a sense of optimism uh, around the program because it is year two. And there's a, there is an expectation that the lines of communication will, you know, be open and things will go a lot smoother. There's a comfort level between coaches and players and players and coaches that did not exist a year ago. Um, all of the systems are in place now. There's a couple you know, new coaches on staff that everybody really likes. And there's also just kind of a sense of urgency that was maybe missing a year ago because everyone was so disappointed with how things turned out. Is there a sense in Arizona that uh, you mentioned that urgency? I find that kind of fascinating because sometimes at some schools you get the idea Excuse me. You get the idea like, okay, it's a basketball school or it's a, this, a football school, whatever. The emphasis, the uh, priority is in place, and there's a real strong push for it. And you would expect a school like Arizona. We've all been there. I mean, it's a terrific campus. It's a terrific place. You'd think that, was, that would be a place that football could thrive. Yeah, I mean, it has thrived in the past, um, for sure. Um, I, I think... You know, it's not it's not the same as it would be at an SEC school. Okay, it's not it's not on that level. But there's a desire, I think, especially within the fan base for Arizona to you know get back to the level that um, the program experienced under Dick Tomey, who recently passed away, um, the winningest coach in school history. You know, they had. In two of the best teams that they've ever had here, maybe the two best teams in 1993 and, and uh, 98. Um, you know, the, the latter, you know, 
you know, going into double digits and victories. I think they were twelve and one, um, best record in school history. I don't think something like that is is possible here on a regular basis. But winning seven, eight, nine games fairly consistently, maybe once every five years, you know, having that year where it all comes together and you do reach ten or eleven victories, I think that's well within the realm of possibility. And I think the most important thing that has to happen um, is to get better players in here. And it's no big secret that recruiting suffered um, during the previous regime. Um, there were certain parts of the country um, that weren't emphasized enough, especially the state of Texas. That has not been a problem at all uh, for Kevin Sumlin and his staff. Uh, Kevin, of course, has deep ties in the state of Texas, having coached there for a long time. Um, he's gone back into that community. He's he's trying to reestablish the Polynesian pipeline, get more of those you know quality athletes in here. Um, when you look at the NFL draft in recent years, I mean, not a lot of Arizona players have been picked, and if they have been picked, they've all been you know fifth, sixth, or seventh rounders. That needs to change. The talent level needs to change for Arizona to get back into that competitive mode. You mentioned uh, Khalil Tate earlier, um, Michael, and of course uh, you mentioned the injuries that he battled. And if you remember last year's Arizona-Utah game, I mean, what a gritty effort. He was obviously hurting and, and going back out there. But, you know, him not maybe having the season a lot of people expected last year, was it uh, mainly because of the injuries or was it partly the system might not have been the best fit? I think it was a lot of things. Um, I think it was the injury. I think it was an adjustment period to the system. Um, I think mentally that Khalil was not in the best place a year ago at times. You know, there was a lot of hype coming into the season, you know, appearing on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He's on every single Heisman Trophy list. Um, And he really became, you know, kind of an overnight sensation the previous year. I mean, no one outside of Tucson really even knew who he was. All of a sudden... He has this incredible game against Colorado where he rushes for over 300 yards. He wins Pac-12 Player of the Week, you know, four weeks in a row. You know, that's a lot to handle. And he, you know, conceded when we talked to him in spring that it was just a lot of new stuff, you know, and he wasn't really sure how to handle it. And theoretically, you know, he'll be in a better position, a more mature uh, place um, to handle the mental load. I mean, it's... Playing quarterback, as you guys know, I mean, that, there's a lot of responsibility that's inherent in that position. I mean, you need to truly be a leader. You need to be the hardest worker on the team. Um, you need to be studious. You need to be, um, you know, uh, diligent. Um, it, it, the list goes on and on of all the things you have to be. And that might have been a little overwhelming for Khalil a year ago. And, and even amidst all that, he didn't have a bad season. You know, he still had 26 touchdown passes and fewer than 10 interceptions um, and, and showed, you know, uh, the arm and touch down the field that, you know, that were you know, part of the package that um, was so enticing in 2017. The, the mystery, I think, heading into uh, this, this upcoming year is how much he's going to run. You know, that was really what separated him from just about everybody else in 2017 is when he'd take off to run and he was very willing to do so, like no one could catch him. I mean, it was just like you know, one big play after another. He was a little hesitant to do that at times a year ago, I think in part because of the injury and in part because of a desire to, you know, 
change the way that he played quarterback, you know, to become more of a true pocket passer, more of an NFL-style quarterback. He needs to get back to what makes him him. Um, and that's, you know, a mixture of those big plays down the field as well as runs when they're there. Um, that's what keeps the defense honest. That's what makes him and the Wildcats most effective. Boy, you said, Michael, I remember remember that run against USC a couple of years ago where he looked like he was, pardon the cliche, but he was shot out of a cannon as he was flying down the field. And it was, when I watched that, I thought, that's the best athlete on the field, you know, and didn't see as much of that last year. But but there is that whole thing, both I think in the coach's mind and in the quarterback's mind. Okay, his he wants to play in the NFL, right? So he wants to be an NFL type quarterback, somebody who's good enough to do that. But on the other hand, at the college level, when you can run like that, how can you just turn your back on that kind of skill, that kind of talent? Yeah, the, the example I always cite is Lamar Jackson. You know, it's not as if you look at it's not as if Lamar Jackson stopped running after he won the Heisman Trophy, you know? He was just as big a threat as a runner um, that, that final season in college um, as he had been previously. But you can do that while also improving your skill as a passer. And, you know, whatever style Lamar played with, that didn't stop the Baltimore Ravens from drafting him, you know, in the first round um, of the draft that year. And... The NFL has become increasingly open to different types of offense, so college-style offense. You know, the RPO is a huge deal now uh, and is a huge factor in the success of people like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Carson Wentz and a lot of others. Um, the game is trending toward, you know, a, a, a more open style on that level. I mean, you saw a quarterback pick this year, number one overall, who's under six feet tall. That never would have happened three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Um, so I think as all these things are happening, a player like Khalil Tate becomes more attractive. But he has to, as I said earlier, he has to play like himself to be you know, the most effective player he can be. If he's just going to stand in the pocket and toss the ball around, I mean, you know, he's, he's good. Obviously he's good at it, but that doesn't distinguish him from the other quarterbacks in his class. The way he can run, that's what separates him. Michael, before we let you go, I know we brought you on to uh, to talk football, but a quick basketball question for you because uh, last week there was a report out there that uh, six programs will receive notices of allegation for level one violations by the NCAA stemming from, of course, the, the federal government's recent investigation. And they said that two of those programs will be top uh, top-notch basketball programs. Do you expect Arizona to be one of those? Okay, well, let me preface this by saying that I do not cover basketball for a paper. Um, I, football and baseball are my beats. Uh, but I am obviously aware of everything that's out there and has been going on. And I think that it's a very logical conclusion to state that Arizona is one of the teams that's probably going to receive a notice of allegations, Right. Um, from the NCAA. I mean, everything that's happened up to this point, um, you know, leads to that conclusion. So um, it wouldn't be surprising at all if that were the case. The question is, you know, how severe are the accusations and allegations going to be? You know, 
Um, I feel like anything, you know, and, and then, and then of course, you know, what, what are the subsequent punishments? I feel like anything short of a postseason ban will be viewed as basically a slap on the wrist and won't really um, have that huge of an impact on the program. But, you know, if they are, you know, to the point where, you know, the NCAA wants to make an example of Arizona and they impose some sort of, you know, harsh postseason ban, I think that could have a severe impact on recruiting and, and could really set the program back. I, I used to cover USC football uh, before I took this job here um, in Arizona, and I was on the beat when the NCAA sacked, you know, the Trojans program with, you know, the harshest sanctions basically, um, you know, since the SMU scandal. And it really hurt the program for several years. Um, you know, whether something like that happens again, I don't know. Um, it, like I said, it remains to be seen just how harsh um, the accusations and the penalties uh, turn out to be. I know you're all about Arizona right now, but uh, are you buying into uh, the positive, uh, the hype, I guess, concerning the Utes and the promise uh, in the South for this season? I am. Um, I mean, I haven't sat down and, and you know done my picks yet. Uh, that's coming in the you know probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, but when you look at the Pac-12 South, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, uh, you, most people would say like the, the powerhouse programs, quote unquote, in the conference are probably in the North right now. I think there's a great opportunity for Utah to step in and seize control of this division. Um, you know, you're always going to get a certain brand of football under Kyle Whittingham. You're not always going to get a uh, returning veteran quarterback, which they have, and uh, returning veteran depth at running back, um, which they have. Um, I like these chances um, a lot, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if they ended up uh, winning a division that I feel like is wide open. You know, USC, five and seven a year ago, kind of in a state of disarray. UCLA still trying to build things up. Under Chip Kelly, we obviously talked about the state that Arizona is in right now. Colorado has a new coach. Um, and ASU had a really good year last year, but they lost their you know, veteran quarterback and their top wide receiver um, and won't have those guys back. So you add up all those factors, and I think, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Utah win the division. I certainly think um, they're going to be the pick when the media poll comes out about a month from now. Hey, Michael, thank you so much for coming on and sharing a little wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Anytime. Michael Lev uh, covers the uh, Arizona football team, not basketball. I apologize for blindsiding him with the basketball question there. But but you prefaced it by saying you brought him on to talk football. Anyway, he works for the Arizona Daily Star. And, yeah, I certainly expect Arizona to be one of those teams, not to focus on that. But I I wonder, I I think his answer to the question about about Khalil Tate fitting into Sumlin's system, I I think is going to be a real interesting one to find out. I agree with that. Because they could be real good if uh, if it works.